Hello, and welcome to Bartel Radio. I'm Cass Enright, founder of Bartel.com. We're here tonight with Peter Lopati, who is the president of Esprit Agencies, one of the leading beer importers in the Ontario market. Uh, welcome, Peter. Thank you. I think a lot of people might not uh, be familiar with uh, with you or what you do, but they're probably familiar with your beers. Um, why don't you start off by telling us how you got into the importing business? Um, well, you know, basically started about, uh, oh God, now uh, 17, 18 years ago. And it, and it wasn't me. I was, a, I was, a I was a Carlsberg light drinker who had a friend who spent some time in Belgium and came back and met a guy there that, uh, came and visited her in Canada and commented on the, uh, the lack of, or the scarcity of, of Belgian beers in Ontario. At the time, I think there was only one Belgian beer available in Ontario, Chimay, which was in the LCBO. And um, he was already dabbling. He was a, himself a chiropractor and an osteopath, but he dabbled in importing wine from France into Belgium. And uh, he came up with this great idea that, you know, that there was a potential market for Belgian beer here in Ontario and we should do something about it. And, and that's kind of, you know, where the, the, the whole idea started. It took him a couple of years before he went back to Belgium, found some suppliers who were willing to do business here. We knocked on the doors of uh, the LCBO for uh, probably about a year. In those days, uh, vintages were in the beer. The vintage section of the LCBO was in the beer business, and uh, you know was buying most of the interesting stuff that was coming into the LCBO. And uh, and after about a year, we got our first couple of orders for for uh, two of the Belgian breweries we represented, and it kind of grew from there. Eventually, uh, the partner and I parted company, and you know he ended up staying in Belgium. And from there, our portfolio just expanded, and uh, our focus, you know, to this day, you know, still is, is is Belgium, and then we have more Belgian breweries than anything else in our portfolio. Although, from a volume perspective, we do a lot uh, with UK breweries, uh, you know, breweries like you know St. Peter's and Samuel Smith and others, and uh, and uh, and of late, there has been interest, obviously, in, in U.S. micros as well. So we're doing some stuff with U.S. micros, and then we dabble a little bit with Germany and Australia and other countries, and and so on. But uh, that's kind of how it started. I, I got into the business through the back door. I was never really had an intention of being a a beer agent. Uh, my background personally was in finance, and I worked for a lot of major corporations, etc. Um, and as I said, wasn't much of a beer aficionado um, until such time as uh, we started looking at the business aspect of importing beers, and and from there, you know, I fell in love with Belgian beers, and uh, and uh, you know, 17, 18 years later, that's you know, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. So, when you th- you mentioned that you you've been in the biz for 16, 17, 18 years, over that time, how have you seen sort of the the market change? Like, has it you know, has it gotten more sophisticated in terms of its taste towards beer, or, or how how do you have you have you seen have you seen a change over the years? Well, it, it's it's been slow though. You know, I, I've got to honestly say, you know, I mean, um, you know, when I, when I do beer festivals and stuff and shows, and you know, I'll get people come up to me, and you know, the last, you know, because I'm pouring beers from Belgium and from England and from Germany, and you know, people go, you know, a simplistic question, like, just where 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 where's the best beer in the world from? Like, what country makes the best beer in the world? And people are always shocked when I tell them it's the United States, because of course their image is it's, it's Coors Light and it's, it's it's Budweiser, and it's like no, the United States has more breweries, uh, more varieties of beer than any country in the world. And for me, the United States is without question the greatest brewing country in the world. Um, but Canadians still are, you know, uh, and and I think uh, to some degree we're not. I think we're ill-served by our own micros, mind you. 
you know, the U.S. market is so huge that even a small micro with a niche market could still uh, be relatively successful. You know, Canada is is such a small market uh, that you know, again, I you know, and, and a lot of people who are you know beer aficionados voice the same complaints that our our domestic microbrewers are not very adventurous. Um, I think part of that stems from the fact that. Uh, that uh, they can't afford to be that adventurous. I mean, it's just like we're one-tenth the size of the U.S. market. So, you know, producing really off-the-wall, way-out, wacky, uh, you know, uh, IPAs uh, is, is not going to cut it here. And, and too many micros tend to take, uh, you know, the safe route in terms of producing more mainstream product here. Um, we see the change in, the, you know, the pe- in people's tastes. I mean, you know, we, you know we, we see what we sell and we see the number of people. I mean, we don't, we don't have a storefront. We have no way of marketing our products other than, uh, I haven't. I don't even have a website right now. We're working on one, but I have an email mailing list with several hundred people on it, and that's how I sell my beer to people, to, to individuals. We have a small a group of licensees around the province, bars basically, maybe 20, 25 in the whole province who really carry a, a decent selection of our products. And that's growing, but not dramatically. You know, like every six months or so, somebody comes along and usually because the owner or the manager has a personal interest in beer and says like, you know, I'd like to have something more interesting in my bar than just the usual Canadian and, and usual mainstream imports. And, uh, and so we know that the interest in these products is, is growing, and it's it will, it's like you know our entire population. We're all age. I mean, the population is aging. So you know, people are drinking less, and people are drinking better, whether whether it comes to wine or spirits, or you know, or beer. Um, you know, people will always drink, but you know, I mean, I don't drink. I'm 50 odd years old today. I don't drink anything even approaching what I drank when I was 20 years old. But I drink really good stuff now. I mean, the wine I drink is good. The beer I drink is good. I just don't drink a lot of it. You know, so people don't have a problem, you know, coming to me and paying me, uh, you know, five odd dollars for a bottle of uh, Rochefort 10, you know, a Trappist, uh, 11 odd percent Trappist uh, ale, uh, simply because, you know, they're only going to have one, uh, you know, a week or one, you know, one every, you know, couple of nights or whatever. Um, but, you know, we certainly see that people's tastes uh, are changing, but, it, 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 you know, the rate at which the change is occurring is, in my mind, very, very slow. And certainly, uh, you know, Canada as a, as a country and, and uh, you know, as a, a beer-consuming country, I still think is quite a bit behind uh, the U.S. And, and it's simply because of, I guess, our size, number one, and, 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 and you know, the, the number of microbreweries we have out there and what they are doing. Um, but, you know, be it a, a, a domestic micro or, or, you know, super premium imported beer, um, we do see that over the years that, that there has been and is, is a growing interest in it. and just people are getting turned on to it all the time. I have customers who are like 18, you know, I'm sorry, they're not 18, they're 19 years old. I have really young customers and it shocks me that they're into, you know, some of the stuff we sell because it's, it's pretty off the wall beer, you know, well, I shouldn't say off the wall, but, uh, you know, certainly nothing even approaching mainstream and yet uh, the number of young people are interested in, I mean, and their primary limitation is financial. They just can't afford a lot of the stuff we sell. You know, because we're forced to sell a lot of our stuff through the LCBO consignment program, it's you got to buy a case. And you know, like right now, we're selling a, a Rochefort 10 for 130 bucks a case. It's very expensive, and a lot of people can't afford that. Uh, but yet, you were encouraged by the fact that, that there are people coming forward like every day. Um, if you call the LCBO up today, if you call up specialty services department, or if you call up uh, the beer category and you start complaining about beer selection and, and interesting beers, invariably you're going to get my name and phone number. And we get literally dozens and dozens of calls from people every week, and uh, you know who are interested in uh, getting stuff that's more interesting than 
the sort of mainstream stuff that that appears in the LCBO. I mean, the, the LCBO does carry some very good beers, but uh, you know, is often criticized for uh, for uh, uh, playing it safe and zim- simply adding a lot more lagers from a lot different, a lot more different countries in the world, as opposed to adding you know interesting beers or more cutting edge beers. So. Um, so you know we we've seen a we've seen a, a progression in terms of people's tastes. It's just it, it it is a very very slow progression, and you know we obviously think other countries are you know uh, as I said specifically the United States are way ahead of us in that regard. But I mean that's kind of Canada's nature. We're a conservative country. We're always kind of behind everybody in terms of what we do, and we eventually do catch on. Uh, but it takes us a while longer than it takes a lot of other countries to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I you know I see the future for the type of business I'm in and and, and the kind of beers we sell as being nothing but rosy because I mean you know we're having our best year ever in terms of sales of our products and uh, and and most of that frankly is not even through sales uh, at retail in terms of LCBO it's just through the private part of the business that we do and uh, it's becoming an increasingly large part of our business it's um, but it's inconvenient uh, you know said without a storefront without a you know place where people can come uh, to buy beer it uh, means that you know my wife has to put up with cases stacked in our front entrance and and the never ending parade of people coming to pick beer up from us uh, you know every day when when we get a shipment in from Belgium or England or or whatever so um but as I said, we, we, we do believe the market is developing and, and that people's tastes are changing and that more and more people are getting turned on to, as they drink less, uh, you, know, you know, drinking better. And, uh, you know, the, the, and there's no question in our minds uh, that, that that is occurring. Just we'd, uh, we'd love to see it happening a lot quicker, but hey, that's, that's part and parcel of what we do. It's, uh, for many years, it's not been a, an incredibly lucrative business. I mean, you don't get rich by becoming a beer agent, you know, mm-hmm. but it is to some degree a labor of love. And it's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I've enjoyed the the fact that you know for 16, 17 years this is kind of what I do. I mean, I preach the gospel. I mean, I'm out there telling people like drink good stuff. I mean, whether it's you know I do imports only. Although I've sold domestic beers as well. I've represented you know Quebec breweries and BC breweries and and, and maritime breweries in our market before. Um, I love all good beer. You know, it doesn't you know whether it's an import or not or whether it's you know it's a good domestic beer. I mean, I just spent the weekend up at Georgian Bay and. Uh, um, I was drinking domestic micro beer, you know. Um, I didn't take up any Belgian stuff because most of our Belgian stuff tends to be fairly high in alcohol and, uh, um, you know, uh, more for sipping than for uh, volume consumption. So I, I took up a couple of different U.S. micros, uh, I'm sorry, Canadian micros with me, and, and you know, that's what I kind of drank this weekend. And uh, and I said, you know, uh, we're glad to see more and more people doing that as as the micro business expands in Ontario and in Canada in general. My business is going to expand. Simply because, as I said, you know, the micros here in Ontario certainly produce a range of beers, but it's not that broad, and uh, you know, uh, we're able to complement that uh, that selection of beer with some really interesting brews from other you know countries in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, you you mentioned sort of the U.S. being, you know, in your opinion, one of the best brewing nations around, and I certainly agree with that. Um, but you know, the LCBO um, having a conservative selection process. Don't really offer much in the way of American American microbrewers or interesting beers from the states up here. You know how can how can somebody who's interested in you know trying beers from a country like the states um, you know try some new things without you know resorting to driving down to Buffalo to to buy stuff? Well, it's virtually impossible. Um, I mean, I, I understand the LCBO's motivation. You know, I mean, I you know people are a critical of the LCBO. I mean, the LCBO is a retail organization like any other retail organization. Their managers are based on profitability, on sales, on growth, 
I mean, and, and frankly, you know, I mean, uh, you know, micromanaging Heineken and Corona uh, will deliver far more results to them than buying these obscure little U.S. micros or these obscure little Belgian beers. It's just you can understand why the people there aren't motivated to work with these products because, number one, they generate so little in the way of return. Uh, politically speaking, they have to do it. They can't just abandon uh, you know, a segment of the market, the higher end, the kind of esoteric stuff. They have to do it. But by the same token, they're human beings. And you know, like when at the end of the day, when my bonus is based on sales and profitability, uh, I'm going to spend way more time working with Heineken, Corona, and Guinness than I am with uh, you know, Chimane, Duval, and Mort Sabit. You know? um, it's, it's a reality. The issue is the problem isn't the LCBO. The problem is our government in Ontario and, and, and the government's just simple unwillingness to look at any other alternatives, you know, every several years the uh, the issue of privatization raises its ugly head, and uh, and then is just you know is bashed down very quickly because nobody wants to do anything and nobody wants to change anything. And I, I for one, am not an advocate of privatizing the system in Ontario. I'm an advocate for doing what many other provinces have done, and that's simply saying that the government stores cannot serve everybody's needs. Therefore, there should be an alternative. You know, so in Nova Scotia, in Quebec, in Manitoba, uh, in BC, obviously Alberta is totally private, but the other provinces I mentioned allow a mixture of both government stores and private enterprise, saying that you know what, you know, if BC Liquor Commission doesn't want to sell a certain product, it doesn't that doesn't mean that product is forbidden from the market. That there has to be an alternative, and there is a private retail distribution system, you know, controlled and, and you know controlled just like the government retail distribution system that allows other products into the market that the that the board itself simply cannot carry because they can't carry everything. And the LCBO cannot carry everything, and uh, um, so uh, in answering to your question though about how do, how do they get U.S. micros, the fact of the matter is they they literally can't. It, it's as you say, you know, you got to drive down to Buffalo, you know, you got to go to Premier Gourmet or whatever to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to, to to get any kind of reasonable selection of, of U.S. micro beers, um, you know we bring in a few here, but uh, you know again it's it, it's very minimal. The LCBO buys very little, but again the LCBO bases it on its, its experience. I mean, uh, not even pretending that maybe Samuel Adams isn't you know considered even a micro anymore, but I mean the only other micro product that was in the Ontario market for the last few years was Anchor out of San Francisco, and, and very frankly they didn't do very well. Um, you know, their sales are very marginal. That one of their products got delisted. They left one on. Uh, uh, you know, Brooklyn from uh, you know New York has just entered the market. Uh, we'll see how that does. But again, I mean, they're, even the selection they're you know, selections they're making of U.S. micros are playing it pretty safe. And and you know, again, choosing a logger from the United States again to me is pretty unimaginative. But again, uh, I think they're looking at what is the best chance of possible success. I mean. Anybody can drink a Brooklyn Lager. I mean, if you're, you know, a, a blue drinker, an ex-drinker, a Sleeman's drinker, you can have a Brooklyn Lager. It's not going to blow your socks off. It's not going to taste weird or funny or be too bitter or whatever for you. Uh, again, it's kind of boring to me, and it's kind of, uh, you know, taking up valuable shelf space and putting up products that are so similar to what we already have there doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, you know, if, you know the LCBO will always tell you that, you know, our problem is we have limited shelf space. And it's like, well, so why don't you give some of that shelf space to interesting stuff instead of just putting up more and more and more? You know, everybody jokes about the, you know, Eastern European loggers. Like, how many more can we get? I mean, we've got virtually every country of the former Soviet Union represented here except Kazakhstan probably. And uh, we just keep adding more. You know, we can't get enough Polish loggers. We can't get enough... Estonian, Lithuanian, Latvian, Ukrainian, Russian, 
And for, for what purpose? I mean, there's an ethnic market to be served there, you know, we understand, but, uh, you know, we certainly wish the LCBO was a little bit more adventurous in its selection process. But having said that, if I were an LCBO product manager in beers, I don't know that I'd be doing anything dramatically different. And again, you know, going back to the original question, I don't think you're ever going to see, short of Ontario allowing some private enterprise into the beer business, I don't think you're ever going to see any great uh, a selection of U.S. micros here because there's you know political consideration involved. Just as the government in Ontario is consistently uh, you know uh, fav- playing favorites with Ontario wineries, they're doing the same thing with beers. So they have no interest in letting U.S. micros develop a market here in Ontario. Um, no more so than they have an interest in, 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 in letting you know, imported wines do better than domestic wines. I mean, the fact that you know, they continue to allow domestic wineries to import wine from Chile in bulk and blend it with a little bit of Canadian garbage and call it Canadian and, you know, is, is ludicrous. You know, it's a mature industry. I mean, if you're in the wine business today, you've got a lot of money and you're probably doing quite well. Yet the government hands them this free gift and let them literally print money by letting them be import wine retailers. I mean, they basically, not retailers, but people who sell imported wine, yet pretend it's Canadian. Um, from the same standpoint, as I said, I think the, you know, the Ontario government is going to favor domestic micros over U.S. micros, I think, would be perceived to be the, the, the most immediate threat to a Canadian micro. So let's not have too many U.S. micros in the market, because they're going to threaten our own industry and you know our jobs and taxes and so on and so forth. And, Again, perhaps understandable, but uh, were there an alternative, you know, that could be, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with the government doing that. It's their retail operation, but I still believe there should be an alternative uh, free market option for retailing um, beers, wines, and spirits in in, in this province uh, because the LCBO will never be able to keep everybody happy. Um, and until that happens, uh, you're not going to see very much in the way of U.S. micros here. And many U.S. micros don't want to do business here as well. I mean, we've, we've over the years represented a number who have opted out uh, because there's no continuity of business. You know, there's no uh, listing where they know they're going to have, you know, it, it's, it's a normal market. We decide we're going to sell. We get orders. Our business grows, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't happen here. You know, you get a seasonal listing with the LCBO one shot, and they may or may, may not buy your product for another two or three years. And the brewery, and then through you know the brewery in the turn has to go through all kinds of hoops with labeling laws and, and packaging and you know, having dividers in their cases and this and that and the other. And at the end of the day, they kind of go, you know, this is really is not worth it because we have no continuing ongoing business. It's they buy once in a blue moon, and uh, you know we might as well just focus our efforts or, or on either our domestic market or other export markets that are more normal in terms of by normal meaning private enterprise. You know, a distributor or an importer decides he's going to import a product, and he imports it, and he distributes it, and he sells it. He controls his business. Here you don't control the business. Uh, a government organization controls the business and determines what you can or cannot do. And uh, I said, until that changes, um, nothing's going to happen. And I said, I don't suggest that the LCBO is the organization to do it. Um, it's the government that has to have the, 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 the willingness to open up the market a little bit. And I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, frankly, I don't know that there's any huge downside to them. You know, I mean, if, if, if so many other provinces have, have been able to do it successfully, there's no reason Ontario can't, can't. But it seems to be like a sacred cow. You can't touch our alcohol distribution system in Ontario. It's, it's the beer store, and it's the LCBO, and it's domestic wine stores, and that's it. Like, we can't touch this. We can't change it. We can't tweak it. We can't improve it. And that's, you know, you know, you know that's BS. Of course, there's lots of things they can do to improve it, but nobody seems to have the... Uh, the political will to to try and do anything. It's just like it's making billions of dollars. Let's just leave it alone. 
On that note, Peter, I thank you for your time tonight and um, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with me and provide your insights on the uh, imported beer industry in the province. Okay, my, my, my pleasure and, uh, you know, glad to do it anytime again. Great, thanks, Peter. Take care, bye-bye.